Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another for another episode. Today, just going to be me, and in today's episode, we're just going to be talking all hockey. We're going to discuss Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm a Bruins fan, so it was a tough one. We'll get to all of that, and then I'm going to... Uh, share my Stanley Cup playoff predictions. My so basically my predictions before the playoffs started. Right before the playoffs started, I made my series by series prediction and picked my winner. And then before the Stanley Cup finals started, because I didn't pick the Bruins or the Blues to be in the Stanley Cup finals before the um, postseason started, I decided I'd do a Stanley Cup finals prediction right before it started. I put that on the podcast. So we're going to go back and see who I pick. So first, we're going to start with uh, discussing game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. So let's get to that. All right. So obviously, St. Louis Blues winning four to one. I said it yesterday. If you are any sort of sports fan at all, you're watching the game. If you hate, hate, hate the NHL, then don't watch. I mean, if you really, really despise any NHL game, you're not watching. But even if you're not an NHL fan, you're like, I don't really like it, but you're watching, okay? Unless you absolutely despise hockey, watching it, you were watching the game last night. It's that's just simple. I'm being an NHL fan, Bruins fan, so that was a tough, tough one. One of the most heartbreaking losses in Boston sports history, because we were right there. We are better than the opponent we are up against in the St. Louis Blues. So what happened last night? We start the game, and the Bruins controlled most of that early first period. We were creating opportunities. We were peppering Bennington. You know, Rass made a few saves, but really, we were peppering Bennington, and we are creating opportunities. And then they just cracked it loose. I mean, late, late in that first period really killed us. You had the portray, uh, not the portrayal goal, the O'Reilly goal to start out. It was a uh, deflection. O'Reilly does not deflect that. That isn't a goal, okay? But O'Reilly deflects it. Won the con Smythe. He was great. I thought it was probably going to be Biddington or him, and it was him. Uh, you know, Biddington was close, but he redirects that. All of a sudden, I'm like, all right, it's one nothing. And at that point, I told you guys, I wasn't. I told you guys, I'm going to watch the whole game except for the first period. I was going to miss the first period because I had a basketball game, so I was listening in the radio. And I just missed the first period, watched the whole rest of the game. But I remember just hearing that first goal, and I just sat there. <sighs> just took a deep breath, and I said, all right, it's just one goal, okay? I, it r- did hurt downside because the Blues are probably the best team in the NHL in defending the lead. So that's why it's so crucial to get the first goal against them. Because when they get the first goal, they're so good in defending the lead. So I just sat there and said, take a deep breath. It's not impossible. Okay, we, it's all right. Even though it will be tough, we can get out of this. But the one of the most annoying parts about last night's game was the second goal you allowed. That second goal is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. The Alex Petrangelo goal to end the first period. That is unacceptable. You you can't do that if you're Brad Marchand. You can't change. You can't make that line change right there. You suck it up for the last twelve seconds, seven seconds, whatever you want to say, of that period. Skate it out. Be a man on defense and just end it, okay? Right there. You don't you, – you as Brad Marchand, he's a veteran in this game. At that big of a stage, even if Bruce Cassidy says, come out, come out, 
you have to, you know, realize, because this is the game where you have to be the most mentally sharp you have ever been all season. This is the game where you have to come in the most mentally sharp. And for a veteran like him who's been down this road before, who has the experience, should have the IQ to just stick it out and say, Coach, you know, I'll come in, tw- you know, when you come in 12 seconds, Coach, I just had to stay out there. And I'm sure he'll understand. Because that is just unacceptable. You can't do that. And I know, you know, you're coming out for the line change, but you got to stick it up, you know, suck it up for the last 12 seconds. Just say, Coach, I have to stay out there. It should be no big deal. Or, you know, I think he'll understand. But it's just one of those things where if I were an NHL coach, that would be one of the toughest things, line changes. You're constantly changing the lines. And you you got the offensive pairings, the defensive pairings. It would be very, very hard. Probably be the hardest part, one of them. Uh, anyway. Uh, the coaching aspect, but enough, enough of that. But that second goal hurt probably the most out of any goal last night. Sure, the first goal puts them up. They're the best team playing with the lead. But that second goal, all of a sudden, oh, that was that, that was tough. That one was just a shot to the stomach. Okay, the first goal was, you know, I'll, I'll go in the sequence. The first goal was a little wake up call, like, oh, you're you're in a little danger, but you're all right. Then the second goal, they shot you right there. The second goal was a shot. Now, all of a sudden, you're shot, you're hurt, you're injured. The third goal? The third goal, they put you in your coffin, all right? The third goal was to the point where, all right, you didn't survive the shooting, they put you in your coffin. And then the fourth goal was them opening up the coffin, stepping on your body, spitting on it, and then putting it back. That's what it was to me, okay? So the second goal hurt a lot. Because the first goal, it hurt. You know, it was a little warning call. You you get a little rattled, but you can still come back from it. The second goal was the tough one. The second goal was the tough one. The third one put it away. The fourth goal didn't matter. It was just, you know, the icing on the cake, the spitting on the coffin, whatever you want to say. You can't let up that second goal. You can't. And the most annoying thing is, if those last four minutes don't happen, if those last four minutes at least... Uh, just the thing is 16, we, we let up two goals in less than four minutes, which is so annoying, especially that second goal. Come on. And then the second period. The second, oh, the second period. You peppered Bennington once again. Now, the second period, you looked a little more, you know, panicked a little. After that second goal, the Bruins, for the next 40 minutes, 40 minutes and five seconds, whatever you want to say, the Bruins looked a little more panicked, a little more rushed, a little tighter in a way. You know, they looked a, they looked a little, not the Bruins in a way, but they still created great opportunities. I thought Marcus Johansson was just incredible last night. Not incredible. I take that back because that third scoring chance should be a goal. Okay, that should be a goal. Listen, it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, and I know I'm kind of crit- I'm going to critique them a little more than I do because this is Game Seven of the NHL Finals. If this is a regular season game against I don't know the Calgary Flames, just picking a team, a regular season game like that, I'm not going to critique them as much. I'm going to be a little lazy, like yeah, the game from last night, whatever. This is Game Seven of the NHL Finals. We're going to go detail, detail, and critique your every little move because you got to be very, very good in Game Seven. And as good as Marcus Johansson was last night, you created two, three opportunities for himself. He's got to score, especially on that third one. Lift the puck. Lift the puck. He rushed it, too. It was the thing. Not not him. No, that was the Nordstrom. No, no, no. Why am I thinking? I thought, you know, never mind. 
the Johansson one, he's got to lift that up. That wasn't the one that was rushed. That's Nordstrom. Nordstrom rushed that shot, by the way, where he goes off his backhand. Yeah, he rushed that. He had a more time to kind of set that up. Another half second to set that up. That should have been a goal. Johansson, just lift the puck. Just lift the puck. That's literally the one thing in your way is a blocker. You have 10 feet to work with, okay? It's like, maybe not 10 feet, but it's like you go out and that, that clumsy kid goes out to, you know, paint the fence. It's 10 feet. And he says, listen, I got 10 feet, of, you know, 10 feet of fence here. This, you know, bottom part, this foot and a half right here, don't paint this bottom in a foot and a half. Everything else is free to go. And he paints the, bo- the foot and a half. I don't know. I just came up with an analogy on the spot. I'm a little mad right now. Uh, that, you know, just lift the puck. It's so annoying to think that those things, we don't let up a goal with 10 seconds left in the first period. Maybe we just lift the puck or we set up for a half second longer. These little things, this shows little things make a difference. Waiting that half a second, lifting the puck, you know, foot off the air. Not making a simple line change. Just little things like that cost you the game. And I can go on, the list goes on and on and on. And I know, I, you know, every little thing, you know, not every little thing's going to be perfect. But at least just a few of those things go in your favor. Not even in your favor. Just, I don't know, you should have done better. And then there's the 10-minute mark. Rask was awesome in that second period. Rask was awesome, especially that save. Him and Chara saved you the game. Well, saved at least right at that point. Just under 10 minutes in the second period. Shen shoots it off of Rask's kind of stick. It deflects up in the air, comes down, hits the crossbar, hits Rask. Rask and Chara both... Uh, Chari gets in there too, but it's mostly just Rask and Chara, you know, taking, making sure the puck doesn't cross the line. And at that point in the game, if that goal goes in, the odds of you winning, 5%. All right, 5%, because you still have about half the game left, but... You, know, you keep fighting, and then all of a sudden, when Shen scored that third goal, you had a they they put you in your coffin. You had a grain of salt left. That was all you had. That was your chance of winning a grain of salt after that goal. Like it, it wasn't anything. You knew the, all the momentum was with the Blues. You couldn't crack Bennington. You had to crack Bennington. Get one goal. Bennington was lights out last night. Okay, I will give you credit as much as you know. You create some opportunities. I would have liked you. You you create some good opportunities, but I wish you created at least a few more. I thought you just got a lot of shots. And I know pucks on that, pucks on that. We were talking about that. But I think would have liked a few more quality chances. But crack Bennington with one. Just crack him. Because he was perfect. Just crack him. Maybe that can do something. Get you a little momentum. And Grizzly cut, cracked him. But at that point, it was too late. You could tell by the expression on their face. That was too late in the game. Matt Grizzlick's goal was too late in the game. Okay? Grizzly didn't even have a smile on his face. I saw, like, four Bruins towels, you know, waving in the air. And I think everyone was just like, all right, yay, we get to hear Zombie Nation one last time for the year. No one was excited about that because they already knew the game was over. Bruins fans, Bruins players knew the game was over at that point. Okay? So, you know, that that's that's just the annoying thing uh, that, that, that had to um, happen. But the, the annoying thing about it is, too, just how good this team was. Now... This team, the reason this was just so heartbreaking, this is this team was so likable. This team was just so likable. And, you just, I mean, they fought through everything, and they were such a good team. They should have won this series. That's another thing, too. 
they should have won the series. This was this was simply they, they were the favorites to win, and they were such a likable team and one of the most likable I've ever watched. Uh, for the Bruins, one of the most likable teams I have ever watched, and that isn't a lie. And then there's also a few more things I want to get to. We're going to listen to some of these interviews after the game with the Bruins, just how heartbroken they were. And But first I want to say, did the layover kill some of these teams? Did you know no team that swept, no team that swept went on to win the next game in the series? No team that swept in, the, in any round. So if you swept in the first round, you lose in the second. If you swept in the second round, you lose in the third. If you swept in the third round, you lost the Stanley Cup Finals like the Bruins did when they swept the Hurricanes. But look, the Blue Jackets swept the Lightning, end up losing to the Bruins the next round. The Islanders sweep the Penguins and end up losing the next round to the Hurricanes. Okay, to, to, yeah, to the Hurricanes. Uh, this is just me focusing on the Eastern Conference for a bit here. And then the next one was, I believe, the Hurricanes. Didn't the Hurricanes sweep? It's so hard because I'm looking on, on this. I should have the... Um, should have the bracket pulled up. Yeah. So then the Islanders sweep the Penguins, but lose to the Hurricanes next round. Then the Bruins and Blue Jackets, there was no sweep there. But then the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bruins sweep the Hurricanes, lose to the Blues. But then again, the flaw in that is that I do believe in the layover and that it does some, some effect. But you won game one. The Bruins won game one. So that's the thing. So it's not like... The sweep was the thing that killed you because you did win game one. So just because you swept in that layover, I don't like that excuse because you won the first game. And then in the Western Conference Finals, I don't think there were as many sweeps, but I'll try to find some. I'm sorry, I should have had the um, the bracket open, but I, I just didn't. There were none in the first round over in the West, but there were some in the East. And then the second round, I don't even know if there were any in the West. And maybe this was just an Eastern Conference thing. Finally found round two. Um, yeah, this, it was. I think it was just a. Um, yeah, it was just a. Just the Eastern Conference thing. All the sweeps came from the Eastern Conference. No sweeps in the West. But in the Eastern Conference, you had about four sweeps. What was that? Yeah, you had. I think you had four sweeps. Four sweeps in every single team that swept lost the next series. So, again, I can't buy into it too much because some of those teams ended up winning game one, like the Bruins, but take that for what it's worth. I mean, take that for what it's worth. And two of those four teams ended up getting swept themselves, the Islanders and the Hurricanes. So, take that for what it's worth. But uh, I want to listen to a few of these interviews because, I, you know, NHL fans, Bruins fans, I've heard them weeping, oh, this was so hard. It's so hard for you. Imagine these guys who worked for it all year. This is their profession. This is their love. You know, some of us love watching hockey, but they love, this is their game. This is their craft. This is what they do for a living. You know, legacies were on the line here. It's game seven. These guys came together as a family, fought, and worked so hard. They've been working. They've been working since, they've been working all year round for this moment, for this game. And they just lost it. Some of them have been working for their whole career for this. Their whole life for this. And this was their one chance. Some of them have dreamed about this their whole life. And this was their one chance to do it. And they 
they didn't accomplish the their feat of winning the Stanley Cup championship, and they never will get this chance again. So, I mean, just listen to some of them. Uh, we're going to listen to some of these interviews, like Zidane O'Char, for example. Obviously not uh, the result of, uh, for sure. It's hard to describe the uh, disappointment. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, hard to follow words right now. Was it the, maybe the second goal in that first period that kind of got at you guys and kind of put you down a little bit? I thought that we created some really good uh, quality chances early on. Uh, you know, I, I thought that Bennington played really well. It's a really big saves. Uh, for sure, he was a difference maker tonight. Um, you know, I thought we, we needed that. All right, that's so. So that that's Zidane Chara. It's hard to find words right now. This is coming from Zidane Chara, forty-two years old. Like, I think he's 42. 41, 42 years old. I do believe last time I checked, he's forty-two. He's already won a championship back in 2011 in Vancouver. 42 years old. Probably should be retired by now. He's, I'm at a loss for words. If you watch the interview on ESPN, uh, ESPN has it up of him, Bergeron, Marchand, Rask. I, I don't think there's McAvoy in this one who just said it's disappointing. This is Zidane Chara, 42 years old. Probably should be already be retired. 42 years old. Already has a championship. Weeping. Weeping. Not even as bad as some of these other guys. Uh, listen to Bergeron. It's hard to really think past what's going on tonight. So, you know. I want you to listen to that quiver in his voice. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not. Listen, I'm not making fun of Bergeron, Marsha, and Rask, Chara, because if I was in their shoes, I'd probably be doing the same thing. But I'm just pointing out they are upset. And I know you're probably saying, Aiden, who wouldn't be upset after get, coming that close to a Stanley Cup and losing? But it just shows how close these guys were. And the thing is, you know, even Marshand will say it later. This one hurt more than 2013 against the Blackhawks, which should be because I don't even think you really should have won that series against Chicago. You know, I think the Blues outplayed you in this series, but Chicago, you went in as the underdog. You weren't really expected to win. You know, we just won no 11. Okay, and I know Boston sports fans are, you know, we got to win every year, but you just won two years ago at in 013 in 13. The Blackhawks, you know, you, you most people knew there's a good chance they beat us. You know, I know it's the Stanley Cup finals, but there's a good chance they beat us in this series. Now it's all of a sudden eight years since we've won a cup, and that's a long time in Boston, let me tell you. I know St. Louis over here for waiting for ages, but that's a long time. For Boston. And these guys are saying it hurt more. And again, your favorites to win. This team did feel like a family. They're so likable. But anyway, just listen for that quiver in his voice. Like I said, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, that's it. It, it. It's hard. All you can. Some of these guys are at a loss for words. You and Charles said it's hard to find words right now. Bergeron saying it's heartbreaking. That's it. He just, you know, it, it just. It hurts, and that's that's the thing I don't like is the fans saying, "Oh, this one hurts." Especially Boston fans. Oh, the gr- I I hate to say it, guys, but we're the greediest, like oh, just sports community fan base in the world. The Patriots and Red Sox. We have two championships. 
oh, this one hurts so much. And I know, again, I don't want to hear you whine about it because it, it is what it is. It's sports. You know, enough crying about it unless you're a player. If you're a player, you have the excuse to cry a little that you lost. You know, obviously, if you're not like, you know, it's like whining about it. But if you, you know, you're obviously a little upset. Like Bergeron, is he, you know, crying and like he's a little eight-year-old? No. But is he a little upset? Of course he is. But I don't want to hear the fan. that, That to me, I don't know why it just bothers me a little. But anyway, let's just keep listening. Able to talk to this group. What makes this group so special? You mentioned adversity. You mentioned toughness and resiliency. But is there any? Is there a fiber that's different from this group? It's just how close we are. We were as as a, as a team, and um, we this, you know, there was no quit all year, and, and we battled and fought our way back. You know, against Toronto and and, and Columbus also, and and down two to one, and kept going and kept pushing and. You know, it's right now. It's whatever we say is doesn't matter because it's it is what it is, and it's really proud of the guys. So there, he says the adversity, you know, the perseverance, the drive, any other word you want to say. That's what made this team so special. Because not only were they very good, they never gave up. And I remember talking about it on this podcast a few weeks, probably a month ago about now, because it's the Blue Jacket series. They fought through adversity. You had I think this was the game where it was the game with the McAvoy hit and the, where there was the horrible call where the refs, you know, it hit the net. Clearly goes out of play, hit the net and the Blue Jacket scored off of it early in it was, you know, it wasn't reviewable. And then you had the McAvoy hit. So they had all of that, and they kept fighting and ended up winning the series on that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was, the, that was the same game. It was something along those lines. It's just so long. Again, the Maple Leaf series ended on Easter. You have to remember that. Easter. So these NHL playoffs started before Easter. The NHL playoffs are such a journey. NBA playoffs, too. So fun. Like, I remember the day the NBA playoffs started. I remember I was out with my friends that day, a few of my buddies. Uh, we we that was the day of the um, the very long podcast that I did with Thomas Stapleton, Luke Deshtramp, and uh, Colin. And we that was the day when the NBA playoffs started that day or the day before. And I remember I was out with my buddies uh, before that before that podcast. It's just so long, and it's such a long journey. Just. It's a long journey for us just watching these guys go through the just the playoffs. And this is just focusing on the NHL. It's such a long journey just through these playoffs. As a fan, these guys, it's a long journey for the playoffs and longer. And you know, I've been we've been part of that journey, but these guys are constantly in the journey. We don't watch every single second of Bruins hockey. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Because no one's able to stay up for every single game. No one has that much free time to a point where they can see every game. I'll admit, you know, I come on here and talk about this podcast, you know, every day. I talk about this, this, you know, the sports podcast, but I can't watch every single game for the Red Sox, the Bruins. I can't watch every single game at all the time, you know. So there are some games where I miss a Red Sox game, miss a Bruins game. I rarely miss a Patriots game because they're, they're it's once a week, you know. 
And I know we, I haven't had the NA, NFL season. We started this podcast, I think, I remember the specific date, February 22nd. And the Super Bowl's February 3rd. So I haven't had a chance to talk about really NFL games yet, but love the NFL. Might be my favorite sport to watch, and I barely had, get, got to talk about it yet. So that's exciting, but I, I it, it's just such a long journey. So it just hurts for these guys. You can tell. But Marshan, I think this will be the last one we get to. But I just want to listen to what he said. Well, it's also high standard. We would have liked to be better, but that's all. You guys have been through so much you know, as a unit over the last seven or eight years. Won a cup, lost a cup, lost tonight. And, and you guys have had so many comebacks. Is that thought of? No, this team's done done it before. Come back. Yeah, we thought we were gonna do it. Uh, we thought we, we had that belief we have all year. We've done it plenty of times. Um, you know, it takes one goal to, to get going and swing that momentum. Um, we just didn't get that one early enough. And so yeah, we, we thought that we'd be able to come back, but uh, obviously we didn't. Entering the third. Uh, What's the what's the conversation like in the locker room when you guys are down? It looks like you know, you're not playing your best, but there is that belief there. Yeah, just that belief. Takes one shot, uh, change the tide of the game. Just want to keep playing the game. We had a lot of opportunities, especially early. Um, a couple really good looks in the second, so we just needed one, and uh, didn't happen. Guys, last couple for Patrice. Last couple for Brad. Bye for. All right, so that is coming from Brad Marchand. Now, I know the audio wasn't exactly, um, you know, picture perfect there, but it got the point across, I hope. That's coming from Brad Marchand. Now, Marchand is just a fighter, and he just, it's crazy. This is coming from Brad Marchand. This guy's one of the toughest guys in the league, and he's basically crying. You can tell. Go and watch that, and maybe you'll get a little better audio. And you can see their facial expressions. Marshall's kind of got his head down when he kind of comes up. You can see his eyes are all red. He's still, you know, teary-eyed about it. And he clearly cried before the press was able to get to him. But I don't blame him. Uh, congratulations to the Blues, though. I hate to be that uh, Boston sports fan. But, you know, just, you know, quick sh- you know, shout-out to them. Love the story, you know, from worst to first. Layla Anderson, the super fan there. Uh, just it's a great story, but the Bruins, you got to be better than that for Game Seven. And I know you created opportunities, Jordan Bennington, but you know came in and you know really stood on his head in that game. But Rask still had a solid outing, okay. And there's little mistakes, little things, little things decided that Game Seven. I feel like no one's talking about that. People are saying, yeah, the big line change, and you know could have lifted the puck up a little more, waited a half second, Nordstrom could have, but. Those are little things, little things that could have changed the tide of the game. But again, you got to get ahead earlier on that Blues team. So now I'm going to get to my uh, NHL playoff predictions. Well, first, I'm going to start with my uh, beforehand Stanley Cup predictions. So my game-by-game ones that I already did on the podcast just uh, before the series started. So let's get to that. All right. Sorry, guys. I'm not doing those predictions yet because I forgot to talk about one more thing, the first line. Listen, Bruce Cassidy deserves a little bit of blame, but I feel like he did pretty well with the deck of cards given to him. I know, you're probably saying, wait, Aiden, what just happened? I thought we were doing predictions. I wanted to talk about the first line, Bruce Cassidy, a little bit. I know I've already talked about the Bruins for almost a half an hour now, but it's game seven. What do you expect? 
Um, what could a Bruce Cassidy done better? Not a whole lot. The deck of hard cards given to him, he pretty much played them perfectly. I wouldn't say perfectly, but pretty well. The one thing that he did horrible with was that first line. The first line was a horrible, horrible mix. I'm sorry. Pasternak looked like a clown out there. Marchand, Bergeron, I, listen, I don't know what was up with them. They just were, they looked a little hesitant, especially Bergeron with that injury. Pasternak just looked like a clown. He whiffed like two times. You know, I want to exaggerate and say five, but it was around two times in that game seven. He just looked like a clown out there, minus seven rating. That first line was horrible. One even strength goal. They have to be much better. The one thing Bruce Cassidy has to do is mix up those lines. I said it. Going into what, game six? I said we have to mix up these lines. The first line doesn't gel well together. There wasn't enough on the second line, and there was too much of too much in the first line. What I'm trying to say is there was too much of the same on the first line. There was too much just talented goal scorers and not enough physicality. That's why this first line failed in the series. The Blues have big defenders, so the Bruins couldn't handle it. That first line is full of midgets, and I know your team is pretty small in general. Put someone big up there. Put a big guy up there. Put Pasternak on the second line where Pasternak's not a guy who's going to thrive off of his own teammates. Bergeron and Marchand, he doesn't need them. But Pasternak is someone with talented puck skills that can score on his own. He's not even a great passer either. He can help out Krejci on that second line. Krejci has someone to pass to now and kind of show off that passing skill of his. And you give Pasternak a chance and you kind of spread it out. And now all of a sudden that first line, you have some physicality. You put who knows up there? Put someone big and physical up there, so that way you can kind of handle these. Same thing happened last year with the Lightning. You faced the Lightning, and their defenders were big, and that first line totally choked. So I just want to throw that out there. I know that was about a half an hour segment. I just added on a little more, but I just wanted to talk about that because when I started those predictions popped in my head, I forgot to talk about that. I wanted to rant on them, but I figured I'd keep it a little shorter, but because I'm pretty sure you guys already know about this. So now we are officially going to get to my pre-Stanley Cup playoff, uh, right before the Stanley Cup uh, finals prediction. So let's get to that. All right, so maybe some of you already heard my predictions, but I made these 16, 17 days ago. So some of you probably actually forgot. Uh, I did pick the Bruins in six games. Of course I did. Okay, this was a series. If my team is the favorite going into a, a series, I'm always going to pick my team. If my team's a little bit of an underdog, I'm going to pick them. If they're clearly, you know, probably, you know, it's not a great chance they win or, you know, something like that, yeah, I'm going to pick against them. Like, I'm probably not going to pick the Patriots to go undefeated or, you know, I'm not going to pick the Celtics to win every game. No, they're going to lose some. It's just tough to pick against your home team sometimes. So... These were my game-by-game -game Stanley Cup predictions right before it uh, happened. So, game one, I predicted the Bruins will win 3-2. to two. Uh, It actually, the actual um, final was 4-2 to two in that game. And here's what I wrote. I expect a rusty start. Most of the first period will be rusty, but I feel the Bruins prepared well and a little better than the Blues, and they will take advantage with a goal. Then in the second period, I expect the Blues to come out and score twice. Rask has been a Rask has been great this whole year, but if there's one period he struggles, it's in the second period. I, I but then I believe the Bruins will bounce back and answer with two goals of their own. 
and take game one. So they kind of get out with that early goal, which you need against the Blues. Again, you don't want to go down with them, and especially you got to crack Bennington early. Uh, that's just how it goes. And, well, the Blues end up taking advantage 2-1, but they don't keep the lead for long. And I picked the Bruins who went 3-2, uh, to two, and they ended up winning 4-2. to two. So I was pretty proud of that prediction because I was only one goal off. Uh, and I picked the winner, so that was a pretty good prediction. And then game two, I picked the Bruins who went 5-1. to one. Uh, This was maybe, you know, a, a little stupid of me because this is coming after a Bennington loss. Uh, Bennington is a great, great bounce-back goaltender after a loss or facing elimination, which I'll kind of talk about more and more um, coming into – you know, when he faces elimination, like Game 7, I said it yesterday in the podcast, which yesterday's episode, unfortunately, didn't get a lot of listens. But um, Bennington is just awesome after losses and facing elimination. So he's facing both. This is coming after a loss and facing elimination in Game 7. So I knew he'd be good. I just didn't think he'd be that good. I mean, he's that close to a shutout. That late goal at the end was kind of cheap by girls. Like, that was a garbage time goal. Uh, but... I probably should have expected a closer game for that reason, but it's tough to base it off that. Like, oh, he's good after losses. That, that's one of those, like, cheap statistics. I don't know. But Bennington has proved it's kind of true. But here's what I wrote for game two. I expected the Bruins to win 5-1, to one, and this is what I wrote. Bennington has been awesome this postseason, but in every series he has, there has been one game where he implodes and allows five or six goals, and that game is this one. Rask will play well despite only facing 26 shots in this game, and the Bruins will take a commanding 2-0 series lead. This game actually was the overtime game. It was 3-2 Blues, um, and Rask had a total of 34 saves, so he actually kind of got peppered a little bit in this game, which, I mean, is expected for an overtime game. He had a good game. Biddington was great in this game, though. I mean, he's solid. I wouldn't say he's great. Um, or I take that back, because he only faced 23 shots, saved 21 of them, so he wasn't great, but this was the game with the um, Gunnarsson overtime goal. Really didn't do too much uh, in this series. And, um, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't exactly a blowout like I predicted. But, anyway, moving on. Now we have Game 3. I predicted the Blues would win Game 3. This was literally the biggest blowout for the Bruins in the series. And this was one of the few games I predicted the Blues would win. I predicted the Blues would win 4-2. to two. And here's what I wrote. Yep, the Blues take Game 3 and are back in this series. The Bruins are 1-2 and two this postseason in Game 3s, and they seem to struggle the most on the first game on the road for the series. Plus, their only Game 3 win was against their easiest po- opponent, the Canes. I think it will be a solid game. It's just the Blues will play a little better than the Bruins for most of the game as they take Game 3. Again, this game ended up being 7-2, to two, but again... The beginning of the game was pretty interesting. The beginning of the game, you know, you went the first eight, I think, to ten minutes with the Blues controlling the game, kind of like you did at the beginning of the game, where, you know, the the final score doesn't look great, but you kind of controlled the beginning of the game. It was just the goaltending was too good. You know, Ross came out that way and kind of set the tone, and you just won, blew them out seven to two, which I was surprised by for game three. And then game four, my prediction was. The Bruins would win three to nothing, and I wrote. So Raston have a phenomenal game three. Fourth goal was an empty net goal. So I pre- I predicted that that fourth goal would be an empty netter, but he still doesn't have a phenomenal game, but it's not bad. And then I wrote, but he bounces back with yet another shutout and dominant performance, facing thirty one shots and saving them all. On the other side, Bennington has a very good game with over thirty saves, but Rast just outplays him, and the Bruins win the game. 
the actual final score to this game was 4-2 Blues. Uh, this was kind of a very underrated game in the series that really shook the tides because you, at that point in the series, you're up 2-1 to one in the series. You're coming off a dominating game three. You have a chance to win in St. Louis and make sure they don't clean up the dump that you, you took on them in game three and totally take them by the neck, strangle them, and go into Boston to go in for the, with the final kill. But instead, you let them back in that series. That game four, to me, might be the most crucial game because you had a chance to pretty much end it right there, and you lost. And then game five, my prediction was the Blues would actually win this game. This was like one of the few I got right. Uh, again, I predicted game one, the Bruins would win. I was right, but then game two, I predicted the Bruins would win. The Blues won. Game three, I predicted the Blues would win. The Bruins would win. Game four, I predicted the Bruins win. The Blues won. So this was one that I got right. Um, I predicted it would be four to one Blues in game five. And I wrote, well, the Blues stay alive and Bennington stays dominant facing elimination. The Bruins struggle and lose a little focus at times during the game, and the Blues take advantage as they are out for blood and keep the series going. Again, my my exact my description isn't a lot. You know, I just threw out my prediction with a little description. Why mostly just on the goaltending, but whatever. Uh, the real ending to this game was two to one Blues. That was the game with the whole horrible call in the Lachari. Um, but yeah, four to one, two to one. I, I that's pretty proud of that prediction. And then game six, I predicted the final would be in overtime. The Bruins would in four to three, and I wrote, "Yep, the Bruins win this series in overtime." Now I really didn't want to do this because I feel like the Bobby Orr Bobby Orr goal is very overrated. Remember when I said, "Do I want to face the Blues or the Sharks?" I said, "I'd rather face the Blues because I feel they're a little easier." We ended up losing, and that people are going to start talking about the Bobby Orr goal, and I think it's very overrated. And yet I'm picking them to win. In overtime, but listen, I don't know why I felt that, but it was a bold prediction, but whatever. And then I wrote, the Blues were an expansion team at the time, and you were up 3-0 in the series, but anyway, this is my bold take. A Game 6 win in overtime. Again, I hate to say it, and the odds of it happening aren't awesome, but it's possible. So I predicted that the Bruins win four to the Series 4-2. It turns out the Blues won the Series 4-3. I predicted uh, that Tuka Rask would win the Conn Smythe. First goal you do, it's a Jonathan Quick in the 0-11-0-12 season. Again, you know, you're probably saying, yes, Aiden got another prediction wrong. But listen, my hometown team was the favorite to win the series. Who does not pick their favorite hometown team? Who does not pick them to win a series where they're the favorite in? Very rarely does someone do that to me. Very rarely. I'll never pick against my team if they're the favorite to win. Okay, if they're the favorite to win a series or, you know, like the Super Bowl or something, I'm not going to pick against them. Also, they're heavy, you know, non-favorites. You know, something like that. You get what I'm saying. I mean, who who does that? But anyway, now I'm going to get to my pre-Stanley Cup playoff predictions. I know there's just so much going on right now. You're saying, hey, hey slow down. Now you have more predictions? Yes. I made predictions back at the beginning Um before the Stanley Cup playoffs started, I believe this was when Sean joined me. I shared my predictions of the episode before that, and then something around that time. So this was back when the Masters were on. I made these predictions. So let's uh, look at those. All right, so here are my 2019 Stanley Cup playoff predictions right before the playoffs started. And when I said a long journey, I made these six, 
this 65 days ago. So it's been over two months since the playoffs started, which is crazy. So again, I picked a lot of favorites. I did the same thing in March Madness. Sometimes it's just really hard for me to pick which upsets. There were a few more upsets than usual, these NHL playoffs, but I had to expect it because I came in and saying, you know, it's the NHL playoffs. Upsets are going to happen. Yet I picked not many. I picked a few, but not many. And most of them were just, I think this team will give our, them a run for its money, but won't win. That's what it was. So first I'll start with the Eastern Conference round one. We had the wild card seeded Blue Jackets versus the number one seed Lightning. And I predicted the Lightning would win four to one. But I did say I think the Blue Jackets will make it a pretty good series. Blue Jackets actually ended up sweeping. So, uh, yeah. Then we have the three seed Maple Leafs versus the two seeded Bruins. I predicted. Did the Bruins win in six? The Bruins actually won in seven, so pretty good prediction there. Then I had the wild card seeded Hurricanes versus the number one seeded Capitals, and I predicted the Capitals would win four to two, although I said I think the Hurricanes will do a little better than people expect. And the Hurricanes ended up winning in seven. So, um, yeah, there was one again where I said run for their money, but uh, I don't think they'll actually win. Then we had the three-seeded Penguins versus the two-seeded Islanders, and I predicted the Penguins would win in seven games. I thought this was going to be a very good series. The Islanders ended up sweeping. I just didn't really wasn't a huge believer in the Islanders. I thought they overachieved, weren't that experienced, and the Penguins were a very experienced team that always shows up in the playoffs, so I was very surprised by the sweep. Then we're going to shift gears over for the Western Conference. And first, we'll start off with the wild card seed Avalanche versus the number one seeded Flames. And I predicted the Flames would win five. I know the Flames had bad goaltending, so not many people predicted they go far. But I actually predicted they go pretty far because I, I don't know why um, I, I actually did predict them to go so so far. But I knew they. I thought for sure they win against the Avalanche because I thought the Avalanche were just a top heavy team. I thought they were the worst team in the playoffs, though. Just you know, slow down McKinnon, you'll be all right. But no, the Avalanche were a little better than I thought, or at least they, they showed that way, and they actually ended up winning the series 4-1. to one. So it's completely opposite of what I thought. Then we had the three-seeded Golden Knights versus the two-seeded Sharks. I expected this to be a very good series. This was maybe the hardest one to pick, so I picked the Knights in six. Again, probably if it's the hardest one, pick them in seven, but it turns out this series was actually um, kind of a choke for the Golden Knights, but... Um, they ended up losing in seven games to the Sharks, so they were up 3-2, to two, kind of like the Bruins were in the Stanley Cup Finals, but they ended up losing. Then we had the wildcard-seeded Pred- Stars versus the pr- number one-seeded Predators. I said Predators in five. I thought the Stars would do a little, would do, you know, solid, you know, put up a good fight for a few games. It would be the Predators. The Predators have proven they can be a good team in the playoffs, but Stars ended up winning uh, this series. Uh, the final series was actually kind of a blowout, but it, three to, uh, was it? It went to six games, I believe. Yeah, six games. They won that six, game six in overtime. Then the last series, we had the Blues versus Jets. I predicted the Blues would win in six. I was not a believer in the Jets at all. They were really struggling. The Blues were very hot, so I predicted the Blues. I th- I said the Blues will do better than people thought. The Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes. Those three teams would do better than we thought. Hurricanes made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Blue Jacks made it past the second round somehow. And with the sweep in the Blues, made it all the way to the champions. So, uh, although I only picked I picked only one of those three teams to win, I did say those three teams would do better than people thought. Just saying, even though I didn't pick them. Then for round two, we had the two-seeded Bruins versus the one-seeded Lightning. I predicted Lightning in seven. I thought the Bruins would do a little better than they did last season, but the Lightning would still get the best of them. Again, 
Lightning weren't even there, and the Bruins actually ended up winning that series against the Blue Jackets. But I'm, I'm, you get the point by now. I think you start to remember the series. So I'm just going to say what I predicted. Then the Penguins versus the Capitals. It turns out neither one of these teams were actually in this position, and I predicted the Penguins would win in seven and face the Lightning. So two games, seven. So in the Western Conference second round, I predicted it would be the Golden Knights versus the Flames, and the Flames would win in six. I don't know why I picked the Flames to go so far. Um, I don't know why their goaltending isn't that good, but I just thought goaltending would make such a difference here. I don't know why. Anyway, I don't know. Don't ask. And then I had the Blues versus the Predators. I thought the Predators would win five. I'm sorry, the Blues, you're hot, but the Predators would put out that fire. Um, then we have the Western Conference Finals, uh, or Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me. Uh, we have the three-seeded Penguins versus the one-seeded Lightning. I predict- predicted the Lightning would win in six and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then I predicted in the Western Conference Finals, we have the Predators versus Flames. The two one-seeds, the Predators would win in seven, and then the Lightning would beat the Predators in the Stanley Cup Finals in six games. And I wrote, believe me. I didn't really want to pick the Lightning, but I decided after their record-breaking season to give them some love. Plus, they've been to three of the past four Eastern Conference Finals, so I decided they will finally prevail. But I won't bet money on it. So how'd I do? Um, not good. I wrote that at the end for future reference. How'd I do? I did horrible. Uh, I need to pick more upsets next year. I'm going to do the same thing with my March Madness bracket. Uh, you know, not pick- I picked upsets, actually. I take that back. In March Madness, I picked upsets. Just don't pick the best team because I picked Duke. Don't never pick the best team. I just couldn't see them losing. I'm sorry. Don't pick the best team. I take that back. You know, I picked upsets. So I just don't pick the best team. But the Stanley Cup Finals, I got to pick more upsets. I got to focus more on goaltending. I'm going to do more studying. I am ready to learn more about the NHL and the MLB because I understand the game a lot. And I do know a ton of players. Like, don't get me wrong. My standards are just very high in sports. So some of you guys are probably saying, you know, like a ton of players. And I do. But I want to learn more about every team, especially the MLB and the NHL. Because I I have the NBA and uh, NFL basically down to a science. And I want to do the same thing with the NHL and MLB and eventually golf. Golf, um, something I don't really focus on week to week. I do mostly the major tournaments, but... Because uh, there's just not a lot of time to talk about it on this podcast. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, full 45-minute NHL, uh, even a little over that. Again, go call in on the Anchor Mobile app after the Buzzer Sports Talk. Type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk. Send in a voice message. Uh, again, that's the Anchor Mobile app. Type in after the Buzzer Sports Talk and send in a voice message. Also, go follow my Instagram after the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's after the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. So I uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm not going to talk NHL probably for a while. Again, I'm not a huge, uh, huge into the offseason of the NHL. I'll, I take that back. I do enjoy it. Uh, so we'll talk some of that probably at times, but... NBA Finals Game 6 tonight should be a good one. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, We'll see what else, but I know we'll be talking about that. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time.